Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Hi, I'm Bobby, and I'm your friend who knows just a little bit too much about pop culture. Welcome to your weekly meeting of Pop Culture Fanatics Anonymous. Happy Wednesday, everyone. Obviously, I come to you a week later. We took a, a week off, an impromptu week off, and it was a it was for what I think was a good reason. Um, so I'll get into this a little bit, but uh, I was uh, kind of jet setting all about for work and for just you know summer fun I guess so I went to New York for 24 to 48 hours for the premiere slash screening of Mr. Malcolm's List from Bleecker Street Studios it's like a Regency era romance with a lot of comedy a lot of heart and it was just a great time overall I had a fun time took my friend Nicole with me she's like my forever plus one to any event because we always have a good time and the film stars Zoe Ashton, who she revealed at the premiere that she was pregnant and she looked absolutely stunning, by the way. You know, Zoe Ashton, she's engaged to Tom Hilson, so this is their first baby together and she, she looked radiant and stunning. Oh my gosh, love that for her. Also, it stars Theo James, who it is, it's a weird experience when someone that you think is attractive in like a movie or a TV show is as or if not more attractive in real life that's that's quite the experience and that was the experience that we had seeing him in person wowzers you know even up close you're just like wow you are a very pretty man but yeah so that that's that that was a fun time then I left New York I took a train which highly recommend the Amtrak if you've never taken like a a train before like a long distance like that I highly recommend it I had quite the fun time so I took a train down to DC and I visited some friends and got to explore the city a little bit now that I time going to DC on 4th of July weekend well no I did not but that's on me but it was a fun time I went to the Museum of African American History and Culture which I highly recommend it's one of the best museums I've ever been to in my life the level of curation in that building is insane and it you you can't do it all in one day but what all that we saw in one day was absolutely incredible highly recommend it if you're in dc we also did the museum of american history and it pales in comparison to the museum of african american history and culture for sure it's fun you know it kind of always feels like a museum that's never done because there are always exhibits or just places that are closed off from it it's very it's interesting and then the one part of the museum that i would have been really interested in which was 
going into like American pop culture and entertainment, that exhibit doesn't open until December of 2022. So I was off by six months, but I digress. But the, the highlight of going to the Museum of American History is there is a random exhibit. Well, it's not a random exhibit. It talks about kind of all the basically like a the melting pot of people and how basically like all the ethnic peoples of the Americas, how they coexist within America and the different parts of their culture that they bring. And uh, outside of that exhibit, there's like a collage of, of faces, some faces that are like historical figures and some that seem just like sock images. But one one picture is pretty prominent in, at the beginning of that exhibit and it is of one Oscar Isaac for whatever reason. Oscar Isaac is his his picture is is up at that exhibit. I don't know why and I posted it on Twitter and apparently Twitter also does not know why. So that I just I thought I would share. So if you're ever at the Museum of American History, the Smithsonian in Washington DC, check out I think it's like something's like many voices, something along those lines and you you will see a photo of Oscar Isaac out and proud at the front at the front of that exhibit. But overall, had a fun time. Uh every time I go to visit New York or now that I'm going to visit New York, I sit with my friend Nicole and Nicole loves loves the movies. That's part of why we are friends because we love a good movie. We love a good film. We love a good fun film. And so when I went to visit her, she was raving, her and her roommates were raving about this movie that I had no plans on, on seeing. And I was kind of like shocked by the level of acclaim and like the box office numbers for it. And it was Top Gun Maverick. And she was just like, it's so good. Like, we had such a fun time. You should go and see it. And so the day after the, the screening, I kind of have like one kind of free day in New York. So I was like, you know what? Okay, well, we'll, we'll go. And I will go and see Top Gun Maverick. I was not expecting much from it. I simply was 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 shocked at the level of, of fun that I had watching that movie. It was... um. It was quite the experience. I uh, I I had a blast watching <laughs> watching that movie. It was so great and so fun. And that's kind of what has inspired this episode this week. I will be fully transparent with you guys. I am feeling a little bit under the weather, so this episode might not be as long as the episodes of the past couple of weeks have been. But I think it'll be fun because it is just simply me. It, this is a if you follow me on TikTok, you know that I do like little brain thoughts when movies come out that I'm interested in. And that is no real level of research, no real level of critical thinking. It simply is as the title goes, little brain thoughts. So we're going to be talking about Top Gun Maverick today. And I will, I will say I will be peppering in a little bit of big brain thoughts because watching Top Gun Maverick kind of reminded me of why parts of Jurassic World Dominion just did not work. So we're going to be going into that. So if that sounds good to you, we're going to hop right into a, a maybe a more a brief episode this week. So let's get started. So like I said, I went into Top Gun Maverick thinking that I was not going to enjoy this movie in, in the least. Tom Cruise is not really like a, a draw 
to the movies for me. If he's in it, I'm not like, oh, I have to see it. Now, I will say one of my favorite films of all time does star him. So he kind of is just like a coincidental actor for me. Like he just shows up in things that I like, but he is not the reason why I like those things, if that makes sense. And of course, the movie that I'm talking about, that's one of my favorites is Interview with the Vampire, where Tom Cruise is literally chewing the scenery in that movie. It is, if you haven't seen it, which if you follow me on anything or like what I do, you probably have seen Interview with the Vampire. (laughs) But I highly recommend it. It's a movie that I never shut up about when given the opportunity. So, but yeah. So like I said, Tom Cruise, not really a draw for me at the box office, but boy, do I have fun when he, when he's in the, when he's in these films. I, full disclosure, have not seen the original Top Gun. So Nicole had to kind of fill me in on just one kind of important little plot point that would have been kind of necessary to understand some of the emotional stakes of certain moments. And I think that's kind of all you need going into this movie. It's a really well-contained narrative for it to call back to this movie that is probably 30 years old at this point, 30 to 40 years old, maybe. So I, I went in, we sat down and I was in shock at how Number one, if you don't know, a lot of the, I think a lot, if not all of the kind of parts of the movie where they are in the plane is shot in the air. Like they actually took them up and they shot the film practically, which is insane to do. So for me, the film, the fact that the film is shot practically like up in the air flying around and apparently the actors had to go through like intensive, like pilot training akin to what they do in like the the navy and the air force um just to prep for this movie so that all of that's going on so effects wise it's a feat and then it also has a good story like i guess spoilers for top gun maverick if you didn't want that spoiled for you but this is your spoiler warning but it why I think it works so well is that it really has that good balance of the effects and the story. And when I said that the story or the film is really well contained for it to be kind of a sequel of sorts, I guess, to the original Top Gun, is that it perfectly calls back to the movie without depending solely on the the first film. And what I mean by that is that there are, you understand the stakes that Maverick, which is Tom Cruise's character, is up against and kind of the emotional stakes that he has while also being able to put it within a more contemporary context with the new characters and like the younger characters that he's training um and all those things work together and you get this really nice story that you don't really need the first top gun to understand but if you have seen it then it feels it gives you the nostalgic warm and fuzzies And I think that that is why it works way better than a movie like Jurassic World Dominion, which is essentially trying to do a very similar thing. Uh, Not well, but they are trying to do a similar thing. I would say that Jurassic World Dominion is probably like, yes, you could consider the Jurassic World series, like it is a part of the Jurassic World trilogy, but I think it's trying to be kind of a spiritual like predecessor to Jurassic Park and where I think it fails in doing that um 
And the reason why I say that is because it features the OG3 of Laura Dern, Sam Neill, and Jeff Goldblum in it. I think it, it's trying to obviously pay, like, tribute, pay homage to Jurassic Park. But I think where it falters is that it is incredibly dependent on having seen the first Jurassic Park film. Not to the point where you wouldn't understand it, but the stakes of who those OG3 characters are is entirely dependent on you having seen all the crazy shit that they went through in Jurassic Park. Otherwise, they just seem like a paleo paleontologist and just a guy, a, a chaotician. That's what he's called. That's what Ian Malcolm is. He's a chaotician, but it's he's, you know, just a guy who gives talks on chaos theory. But you need to understand the stakes of like why they are so heavily against this kind of like evolution of of like man-made dinosaurs and just all the stakes that surround that so like for that Jurassic World Dominion is not really like a, a well-contained story you need a lot of subtext to really understand it and even with having that subtext it falls flat um I think I, I don't necessarily want to dog on movies needing co like context and you know set up from other movies to be well executed because you know the MCU, great example of that, I think. Now, be it, you know, I think Endgame, Avengers Endgame is, is fine, but I think Infinity War, which is kind of the part one of Endgame, is a much better story because it is able to combine all these different universes that have had storylines play out over different movies, and then you get to this movie, and you see how they culminate together. That's not a bad thing, necessarily. And I think it could be really effective, especially when you have a major film franchise like that. But when you have something like a Jurassic World or a Jurassic Park, that is kind of just the same story recycled over like six movies of like, we shouldn't make dinosaurs by hand. That's not a good idea. So we keep having that one story kind of recycled over and over and over again. The need for it to build off of the previous storyline almost kind of doesn't it doesn't quite make sense. At least to me, it doesn't. But, you know, who am I? So I think where Top Gun Maverick worked well, like I said, is that it is able to call back to the original Top Gun movie. And actually, it uses footage from the from the Top Gun movie in strategic places. It's not like all throughout. It's kind of at the beginning that provides some necessary like lead up to where the, the plot eventually kind of lies. And it is so smart and how they use it which is smart because it's so simple they just use the archival footage or like the the footage from the movie like scenes from the movie as a flashback so like maverick is kind of he's like it's a scene where he's outside the bar and he's looking like i said spoilers he's looking at all of the like air force pilots and whatever it's the bar from the original movie and he's watching them from the outside looking in. He's looking at Goose, his his partner who died in Top Gun's son, who is now a part of this mission that Maverick is training him for. And he's getting flashbacks to all the guilt that he felt from the original movie um, because he's still grappling with his feeling of feeling responsible for Goose's death, even though it was it was an accident. And so even you can tell even in me talking about this, it feels like I've seen the first Top Gun and so I'm. I am, you know, invested in it in that way. And I'm not like, I think the film just does a really good job of setting up all of those emotional states. Now, be it when I went with Nicole, I did think in the first, cause I saw it twice in a span of 24 hours. That's how invested in the movie I was. Absolutely. But, um, 
I definitely thought it was a little bit, it's a little slow. It's a, it's a slow beginning, but I think it's necessary. If you jumped straight into the planes flying, woo, I don't think you would have as good of a story and maybe you didn't need as good of a story for a movie like that like sometimes you just need popcorn movies just fun it's just we're having fun at the theaters but that little bit of a slower start at the beginning gives you some necessary stakes that really pay off very well by the end of the movie so i think that that the kind of basically it's just exposition at the beginning is really effective in the overall kind of holistic view of of the movie so not and also like kind of to begin to kind of wrap up my statements here i also think that like top gun is the first kind of non-superhero movie that is just like a true blockbuster that we've had in a little while of course you could probably you know harken back to of course the mcu but you know those are kind of standard fare gonna be blockbusters but as far as like a true blockbuster movie we haven't had that really since maybe like the last Mission Impossible, which was a couple of years ago. But the summer is such a, um, it's such a, like a time to go to the movies. That's what I was talking about when I went to go see it the first time we were, when we were leaving, just the kind of the ritual almost of going to the movies during the summer, whether it's like a matinee or like at night, you get a Slurpee or you get an Icy, you know, get some popcorn, grab some fries, and you're just going to see a movie. You're going to have a fun time. Then afterwards, you like either are leaving the theater and you're talking about it or you go get food and you talk about the movie over that and it's just like this like ritual of the summer that we all do um and it's what makes it's like with that's what going to the the movies during the summer means you know like and like the movies during the summer is kind of i what i consider to be it's it's peak time with the advent of the blockbuster it is so quintessentially like hollywood and so quintessentially like movies and in turn so quintessentially pop americana of going to see like a big budget kind of action movie during the summer you know it's just fun you know and i think top gun maverick really satisfied that because in the past couple of years I and mean, i've seen a lot of reviews kind of alluding to this and their praise for top gun maverick but in the past couple of years i think a lot of movies have who have touted themselves as blockbusters try to subvert expectations too much to the chagrin of a lot of the audience what i mean by that is that when going to a blockbuster, by kind of the sheer definition of a blockbuster, you are catering to a large swath of people with this movie. And so in turn, not to say that you can't subvert expectations, but when you're going into this movie and you get this big swerve that you weren't expecting that kind of dampens the movie, you're like, oh, okay. I mean, I didn't, I just kind of thought I was just going to get a fun action movie and then it turned into something completely different. And I think a lot of movies have tried to, in the past couple of years, be smarter than the average filmgoer. And that's not necessarily, I think it there there is good and bad to that. On the good side, I think it definitely bites a more critical eye to movies and encourages a lot more thought to be put into what you're seeing. But from a negative side, that's not why everyone goes to see movies. And I think that idea is often only kind of run around in the circles of academia and people who are in the industry and they feel like film should be this blah, 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 whatever. That's exactly what they feel. It should be like, blah, blah, blah. but for a lot of people, movies are escapism. Movies are entertainment and they just want to go to the movies to have a little bit of fun. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I honestly don't. And I, I say this as someone who 
you know, for my job is to look at things through a, a, a critical eye, through, use critical thought, analyze, you know, themes and subtext and all that jazz and all that fun stuff. And I love doing that stuff. But a lot of the times I just want to watch something so that I can shut my brain off and have fun. And I think that is what Top Gun really satisfies and brings us back to that that moment. I, I say it for the same reasons as why I loved The Lost City, which I watched, I rewatched again over the weekend too. I watched a lot of movies in the past couple, in the past week. The reason why I loved The Lost City was it felt like a return to kind of the 2000s mid-tier budget rom-com that's a little more calm than rom. And it just felt like a return to that. It wasn't a, a love story that felt like it needed to be just so depressing. It wasn't a love story that was just so saccharinely sweet and romantic. It was just, it was such a fun movie. But then towards the end of it, you realize that it has this kind of heart that is um, kind of been throughout the entire thing. And you're just like, wow, like I didn't really notice that at the beginning of it. So movies like that, I think we're definitely coming back around to a time where we're getting movies like that. It's kind of, I think I've talked about it on here before, but I feel like 2022 was definitely becoming one of those like kind of um, benchmark years where we will look at it 20 years from now and be like, oh, this was a great, great year for, for the movies. And I think it has the makings of being one of those movie years that marks the shift, like a shift in, in the industry similar to 1999 and I've I think I've talked about kind of the 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 relevance of of the year 1999 for for movies a lot of filmmakers that are kind of the 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 pioneers of of today were making their kind of you know freshman or sophomore hits around that time there were a lot of subverting of expectations and trying out different genres and different formats I, my biggest critique of 1999 is that a lot of those films are great, but a lot of those films are just very white. And I think now in 2022, we're starting to get a larger group of films that are doing a similar thing, but are showing a lot more identities and, you know, touching on a lot more genres. And I think that is where it is a little bit more effective than 1999, but that's a episode for a whole nother day. But overall, I think I think Top Gun Maverick is definitely the movie of the summer and I say this in the face of technically the kind of summer months start with May so I say that in the face of like Multiverse of Madness and I haven't seen Thor Love and Thunder yet but I think Top Gun Maverick that is that is the movie of the summer for sure hands down true good pure blockbuster and you you wouldn't think because I think there's a, a large kind of uh realm of people who tend to be into like film critique and theory and all that jazz who may not consider that there is a kind of um I guess like a a a true set of characteristics of a blockbuster because it is supposed to cater to so many people but I think there are and a lot of those traits are found within Top Gun Maverick it's a great film the cast the performances are spectacular like I said Tom Cruise is just a guy who just shows up in things for me I am never really seeking him out but unfortunately I had something you know it comes with a heavy heart that I have to say he he really knocked it out of the park I (laughs) that man is crazy and he knocked it out of the park. And I think every movie that he's in, he's he's not really the type to phone it in when it comes to to acting performances. And a lot of the movies that I've seen him in, like he 
he goes balls to the wall with with all his movies i will say that also he like has his pilot's license and like in top gun maverick you see i guess i, I would assume to be one of the planes that he owns and he like flies it at the end with jennifer Connolly, and i was like oh okay go off tom i guess but i digress I highly recommend Top Gun Maverick. I never thought I would be saying those words. Of all the movies that I saw this weekend, I did not think that Top Gun Maverick would be the top movie. But here we are, you know, sometimes these things happen and you can't anticipate it. That's all I'm going to say. You can't anticipate it, but sometimes it happens. But anyways. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode afternooners if you don't know the afternooners is my name for all of you so if you've made it to the end of this episode congratulations you are an afternooner now you can find me where can you find me on the internet you can find me at the afternoon special on tiktok or on instagram or over on twitter at hi i'm bobby where i am very fun and hilarious you can find me on youtube i'm working on my my second youtube video as we speak but i have one video up and if you enjoy shrek have at it that's that's where you can find that but if you're thinking bobby i'm not gonna remember all that I, I am currently booking my ticket to go see top gun maverick which is a movie that i didn't think i would go see I get it and I hope you love it. It is the movie of the summer. I wasn't joking. But I put all that information in the description box just for you. So have at it. We don't have a powered buy for this week because this is kind of a um, train of thought episode and you may be feeling that by the end of this. But I will say just to do some general meeting notes that we will probably be wrapping up with this season of the High and Bobby podcast towards the end of the summer. So the end of July, first week of August, we'll, we will probably be having our last episode for this season. Not to worry though, we will obviously be back for season three. You guys know I wouldn't leave you out in the cold like that. So I'll just probably be taking a couple of weeks off to get things prepped and ready to go for season three. We got some really fun stuff lined up for season three. Some, I've been working on some behind the scene things with, with this podcast and I, I'm really excited. I'm very excited and I think we're, we're heading in a, a, a new and positive direction and working with some really awesome folks and I can't wait to share all of that with you guys. But until the, until all the, the, the dust has settled on that front that's all i can share at the moment but just want to give you guys a heads up that you know end of this month beginning of next month will probably be our season finale and then we will be coming back again in the fall probably september so i'll only be taking a couple <laughs> a couple of weeks off and then i'll be right back here talking about pop culture nonsense with all of you guys i hope you enjoyed this week's chat and that you will join me again next week for another pop culture deep dive later days friends I'm Carlos King, one of the most sought-after executive producers in reality television. I am thrilled to announce Reality with the King, where we'll discuss all things reality TV. I have interviewed everyone from Nene Leakes, Teresa Judai, and Kenya Moore. Each episode, we will rehash shocking portrayals, honey. Yes! Hilarious shade. And all the drama. Reality with the King podcast is available wherever you get your podcast. Whether you're in a relationship, single, or recently heartbroken, you could be navigating some tough stuff. 
And it really can be challenging to do this on your own. We all need help when it comes to our relationships, very specifically, our love lives. I'm Jillian, and each week on my podcast, Jillian on Love, I share skills on how to strengthen our relationships, how to build a stronger sense of self, and how to heal heartbreak and choose better partners. Learn how to start making change today and search for Jillian on Love wherever you're listening now.